WrestleMania is officially over, so let's review night two here on the Squared Circle Psycho Battle. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, we'll start things off with the Raw Tag Team Championship Triple Threat Match. It is RK Bro retaining those titles against Alpha Academy and the Street Profits. I thought there was a little bit of demolition derby action going on in this match. You know, a lot of chaos, a lot of all members of all the teams in the ring at once. The referee wasn't really... Uh, enforcing the rule even though it's a no DQ match I understand that part but try to at least keep just the legal men in the match but fun match entertaining match RK bro super super over yeah they are they are super over and I think even heading into this we both predicted that Alpha Academy was going to get the win here and uh, thank god they didn't because as much as I like them I mean RK bro are still one of the most over acts in just all of wrestling right now so um, good choice on keeping the belts on them. They were they were very over with the crowd, with all the chants and everybody going nuts for Randy Orton. Um, mm-hmm. I think the cool thing with Randy Orton in a tag team dynamic, you know, a lot of people are critical of him because he usually works a more slow, proddy, methodical type of uh, type of match and approach when it's in like a singles match. But you know, everybody likes or most people like, I should say, the. Uh, like his his major move set, you know, you have the RKO, right. you have some of the like the DDT does from the outside to the inside, and when he gets that hot tag, he's able to do all of those things back to back to back, and it gets the crowd really fired up. Yeah, and it's not like they're spread out acro- across the course of a twenty minute match. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this ma- this match was very good, a little chaotic at times, mostly towards the front of the mat front end of the match, um, but overall a really good way to open it up. The crowd was really hot. Yeah, you talk about the RKO and, you know, all the hot spots that Randy Orton could do on hot tag. But I think the spot of this match was you had those back-to-back RKOs. The first one from Riddle, the second one from Randy Orton, and the crowd just eats it up. And these guys, you would never think they would work. And they are possibly the hottest act on Monday Night Raw. It's amazing. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They've been they've been hot for a really long time. I mean, the the fans have been behind them, and you know, I think that we're all kind of anticipating a heel turn from either Randy or even uh, Riddle at some point, and it's going to happen. You know, it's mm-hmm. bound to happen. But yeah. for the time being, there's really no need to break them up because I still think there's a lot left in the tank here, um, and yeah. I think that the the contrast in their personalities is really fun the fact that riddle is uh, a younger guy up and coming from NXT that can really work alongside Randy and and Randy can do his thing i i just think that they work well together so really no need to take the titles off them or break them up anytime soon right now after the match we had the street profits offering whatever it is that Montez Forrest has in that super size solo cup yep the rk bro yeah, we'll call it water for this for the sake of argument. Uh, and then Alpha Academy tries to interrupt Gable Stevenson, which I got to admit, or Gable Stevenson, I'm sorry, Gable Stevenson, throughout this whole weekend, and even at SummerSlam last year, they're blowing so much smoke up this kid's ass. Like, he is yeah. the second coming of Jesus Christ. He, like, they're putting so much stock in this guy. And he comes out. And goes face-to-face with Chad Gable. So now people are saying, oh, Gable versus Gable. You know, the feud over who keeps the name Gable. All this fun stuff. But you got the long shoosh from Gable. Chad Gable, I should say. And it was so long that 
it actually echoed throughout the stadium for an extra two minutes or two seconds. And then, you know, Steveson has a suplex on Chad Gable and it was a fun little afterthought, but I don't know. I feel like they're really shoving Gable Steveson down our throat already. Well, I just think they're trying to make him feel important. You know, I think that they're trying to show that they're going to be really behind this kid. I mean, like you just said, there's really no doubt after this weekend for sure. And the fact that they want him to feel like he's a special talent, um, you know, I, I like it because he he if he is that decorated as a as a true wrestler, then they should make him feel special and make him feel like he's somebody of importance. And, um, you know whether whether he ends up being a success or a failure, that remains to be seen. But at the very least, uh, they they want you to know that he's somebody they 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 want you to care about. So that's at least good, I guess. Right now, one guy that you thought WWE was really invested in and were pushing to the moon is Omos. And he got his first loss in singles competition last night at WrestleMania to Bobby Lashley, which yeah. let's, you know what? Bobby Lashley has been one of the best pushed wrestlers in WWE for the last two years, you know, had a great streak with the United States title, multiple time WWE champion beat Brock Lesnar at Royal rumble. Yes. It was with the help of Roman reigns, but still beat Brock Lesnar has that on his resume and now hands Omos his first loss I thought it was a good finish to have, you know, a couple spears. And there's an obvious size difference. Like, Lashley looked like Marco Stunt in the ring next to Omos. That's how small Most he people looked. do, yeah. Yeah, he, like, Omos is freakishly tall, but after that, there's not much to him. There's not much charisma. There's not much in-ring work. And I think it's just not working. And I think WWE made the right move, given the win to Lashley. Yeah, you know, I, I agree here. You got you got to be honest with yourself at some point. Like, what is the ceiling on this guy? Um, especially when you're starting to bring in guys like Cody and you have so many guy, people coming up from NXT that potentially have a bright future. I, I don't see what they were going to do with him. Um, mm -hmm. I, I get it. He's a big guy. Um, the fact that there is other competition out there to hold you accountable and you can't just kind of parade anybody out there to... to if you want to just say, for lack of a better term, shove somebody down, down the fans' throats, uh, whether that was somebody like a great Kali or whatever, with Omos, he's a big guy. That's where it starts, and that's kind of where it ends. He's yeah. not particularly good in the ring. He's not particularly good on the mic. He's just a big guy. And, you know, Bobby Lashley or anybody else that they really invested time in, I guess they were just kind of like, look, it's not worth it. You know, and, and you know what, for what it's worth, for as many times as WWE will push somebody just solely based on size and all that type of stuff, they didn't go that route here. Not to say that Lashley's any shrimp or smaller guy, but they've certainly invested a lot of time in Bobby Lashley. And right. I think they're kind of moving on past Omos and saying, look, it's just, there's not a whole lot we're going to be able to do with you. So Right. I mean, we'll see after the mat, you know, the Raw after WrestleMania and weeks yeah. to come, but I think this might be the beginning of the end with Omos and who knows, unless he could somehow reinvent himself or get repackaged, but it's just not working right now. But yeah. let's head on to the next match. Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. Yeah. Out of all the people that got pops last night, the biggest, one of the biggest pops was Wee Man. Yeah. When Wee Man came from underneath the ring, you would have thought like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and The Undertaker all came out during this match to chokeslam everybody. That's how big that pop was. I'm like, my God, Wee Man's getting better ovations than half the industry right now. 
And like, granted, I think this match is kind of split with people. Either you found it very, very entertaining or you thought this was the dumbest shit you ever saw in your life. And I think it's down to, are you a fan of Jackass or not? Because yeah. that's literally what it was. It was literally watching an episode of Jackass where Sami Zayn went through all the different stunts that the Jackass guys go through. Yeah. Now, I will say this too. I don't think this match was PG either because we got Party Boy sh- uh, showing his, his ass cheeks during this match. You know, <laughs> multiple kicks to the nuts. Uh, Mousetraps, like... This is not PG content. This isn't family-friendly WWE. That's for the other promotion. <laughs> well, since you brought up the other promotion, I know everybody's going to say, well, Ralph, what, did you enjoy it? You don't like Orange Cassidy? You don't talk highly of Orange Cassidy because of the comedy bit. Uh, this match was okay. I mean, there are certainly going to be wrestling purists and Jim Cornettes of the world that are going to hate this, and maybe mm-hmm. rightfully so. Yep. The difference is Johnny Knoxville is not going to go on and be ranked number one and challenge for championships and stuff like that. So is there a room in wrestling for comedy? Yes. Was this good comedy? I could tell you this much. Two guys that even in losing fashion came out of the weekend, maybe with their stock a little higher, just based on the wide range of what they're capable of is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yep. Because Kevin Owens sold his ass off on night one for Steve Austin, really built that whole feud going into WrestleMania by himself and made it interesting. And that was awesome for him. Mm-hmm. Sami Zayn, look, he went out there and had, I wouldn't say a good match. He had an entertaining performance with some guy who has never wrestled. It's also sold his ass off and made you care about it. If the fans were cheering and they felt one certain way about it, whether they booed or cheered, most of them were cheering, then I, I guess you'd have to consider that a success. So... Am I in any rush to see Johnny Knoxville wrestle anytime soon? No, absolutely not. Right. But for what this was, it worked. Yes, it really did. And I, a lot of people were praising it uh, last night and saying that it was fun to watch. Again, this is not going to be something that is going to break the Meltzer scale or no, is no. going to you know, be talked about for years and years and years to come. But for when you want to see the variety in things, WWE actually provided variety, and this was an example of that last night. So uh, let's move on to our next match here. It was the women's fatal four-way match for the women's tag team championship. And I see the finish, and Sasha Banks wins, and she starts crying. And I'm like, she's, you know, she's had big matches before. Why is she getting all emotional? And then it clicked. She's never won at WrestleMania until last night. Crazy. Crazy. I, I honestly would never even have thought that or knew it unless somebody brought it up, to be quite honest with you. I'd have to go back and think about it. But someone as accomplished as she is, the fact that she's never won at WrestleMania, this being her first win, um, yeah, I guess I guess you would get emotional. After somebody who's been there and put in so much effort and time to really help establish not just the women's division, but put on some great matches. You even go back to WrestleMania last year, her and, her and Bianca, which we talked about. So good for her. Yeah, I mean, the match itself was pretty good. I will say there's one thing that, from the beginning, I was annoyed with. Do you want to know what it is? Can you take a guess? Uh, Something with Carmella's mask? I don't know. No, no. It's a fatal four-way match. Why are there only two teams legal? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, because I pointed this out at Revolution, where it was a triple threat match and only two teams are legal. Why is the third team out? 
We right. literally see in the beginning of this match, Zelina Vega tags in Carmella, and then Carmella tags in someone else. So now she just tagged in someone that could win the match without her getting pinned. Yep. What? How stupid is that? Why are there, like, and there were so many blind tags. I understand that's part of the reason why they do it is to get all the blind tags in and catch everyone off guard, but it's stupid. In a normal Fatal 4-Way with four single wrestlers, they're all legal. No one gets tagged in and out. Why is it in a tag match they only have two, two teams legal? I, I can't answer that. I guess the only person that'd be able to answer that would maybe be Vince McMahon or whoever put this match together. Yeah. I mean, it, I found it annoying. But I think regardless of that annoyance, it was a good match. I think a lot, of, all the women involved got their, their bit of shine throughout the match. And, you know, whether it was Liv and Sasha doing Tope Suicidas on opposite sides of the ring, Queen Zelina doing the moonsault, you know, yep. Carmella doing her thing. Living um, Rhea Ripley, I thought were good in this match. Shayna actually got a little bit of shine, you know, working the ankle on Liv Morgan. So overall, very good match, exceeding my expectations for this match. Yeah, I, I thought it was okay. Um, it was not, you know, it wasn't the best match of the WrestleMania weekend, but it also wasn't a total stinker. So right. for what it was, it was fine. Yeah, totally agree. So let's head on to the next match. A dream match. A lot of people maybe going into this weekend thinking it could be the match of the weekend. Edge versus AJ Styles. Now, before the match even starts, AJ Styles gets cut. Yeah. It, yeah. Did, so yep. people were debating on Twitter what the hell happened. And there was a video from, I believe it was Demon Diva of um, of Wrestling Inc. Or at least that's how... It, it got spread out through Wrestling Inc. And the person originally throwing it is Demon Diva, if I got that right. Uh, AJ Styles, like, bumped into the scaffolding before he came out. So, of course, that looks like the reason. But Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez were so adamant that it was because of the pyro, which I don't know how pyro would, I don't know how pyro would cut someone like that. Scaffolding makes a lot more sense than pyro, but who knows? I could be wrong on... I just don't know why that would be even something that you'd have to debate. Like, is it is that really such a major detail that... Yeah. Because it was, it, it was all back and forth for quite a while. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of silly, but... Right, but then we also got the entrance of Edge, which was very Brood-esque. I think his attire was very Undertaker-esque as well. Yeah. Um, the match was very, very good. It definitely delivered on the dream match quality, except for the finish here where AJ Styles is going for the phenomenal forearm. And then Damian Priest just shows up and stares at him. Then AJ, I will say this spot was, was awesome. AJ goes for the phenomenal forearm and edge catches him in the midair and spares him. one, yeah. two, three end of the match. And now we see the rumored faction come to fruition, Edge and Damian Priest have joined forces. I don't know if it's going to be more members coming or is it just going to be a tag team? But if it's just a tag team, I think they would be a great addition to the Raw tag team division that's already pretty good right now and freshen things up with Edge and Damian Priest. And, and I think Damian Priest kind of got a rut with that whole split personality character too. I think this is going to be a, a nice fresh start with him too. No, I, I agree. I think that pairing him up with Edge only helps 
kind of uh, put him in a position where he can get some additional attention and get the rub from Edge, so to speak, being in that uh, faction or a tag team, whatever it ends up being, those guys will be good together. Um, mm -hmm. And the fact that even though as disappointing as it was, seeing that we didn't get like him and Finn Balor in a match at WrestleMania, it got people talking about him afterwards, after WrestleMania, that will probably be one of the focal focal points going into Raw tonight that they're going to cover Edge and, and yeah. Damian Priest. So right. that'll be good at, at the very least. So we'll see what happens with it, but I have no doubt that Edge will make this feel special, I'm sure. Yeah, would you say that it delivered as the match of the night for night two? I think it did. I think it definitely was the match of the night last uh, for night two. It depends what you what you value. I'm, I'm somebody who loves the atmosphere. Like you can go out there and have a good match, but if, if it's just a good match without fans being invested in it, you just doesn't feel as special. We're going to get into a match where the fans were more than invests, more than invested. And uh, you know, this, this match felt like at points, like especially during the beginning of it, the fans were kind of in a lull. They weren't, Mm -hmm. really reacting to anything they were doing. They certainly came alive and the, the, the match itself was very good. Um, if it wasn't this match, then it, it could have been the Pat McAfee match. But if you told me it was this one, I wouldn't argue with you. I, I think they were both good. So, right now, I think one that unfortunately it was not going to be considered match of the night is our next match, which I don't even know if we really can go over this too much because it was only a minute and 40 seconds. Jameis and Rich Holland beat the new day. Yeah. You know, yeah. Basically, it ended up being a three-on-two with the help of Butch, you know, Oliver Twist, Pete Dunn. Uh, no, no, he's he's actually uh, the guy from that Joe Pesci played from either Casino uh, <laughs> or Goodfellas now because he's he's now has an irate temper that he can't control. Yeah, you know, it, it's he's like the I don't know. I don't know. He he's definitely like a a character from like a Looney Tunes show or something. Yeah, that's what they're trying to paint him as unfortunately right. but and i i'm like it pete dunn could do so much better he yeah. really can i mean i don't expect him to be world heavyweight champion anytime soon but he could be better than butch yep moving on you talked about matt pat mcafee for a little bit there when you were talking about match of the night this was the the weirdest freaking wrestlemania segment i've ever watched in my life and I even tweeted this out. I'm like, I don't know what the bleep I just watched, but I think I liked it. Pat McAfee and Austin Theory have a really good match that's about, I think, 13 minutes. Yep. McAfee probably is the most over guy in the entire weekend. Crowd ate up everything this guy was doing. Ends up beating Austin Theory. Then all the rumors that started with Dave Meltzer saying that Vince McMahon and Pat McAfee are going to have a match and everyone poo-pooed on Meltzer like, there's no way Vince McMahon's having a match at WrestleMania. Vince McMahon has a match at WrestleMania. Yeah. And he beats Pat McAfee, granted, with the help of Austin Theory. And then after that, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out. He stuns Austin Theory, who sells it like the rocker Scott Hall. Then Vince McMahon gets stunned to possibly the worst stunner I've ever seen in my life, which granted yep. Vince never took the stunner well at all, but it was borderline. Like I, I thought he died cause he took it so bad. And then he stuns Pat McAfee who sold it great. And then you see him on the ground. They cut to him 
like half past dead, sipping on a beer like he just had the time of his life. So even if he looked like a geek losing a Vince McMahon, it made up with that one camera shot. So Pat McAfee, I think, was the star of the weekend. Pat McAfee is, I, I, it's, it was really surprising to me to see how over he really was. Now, that's also in part because of the fact that Austin Theory more than did his half leading mm-hmm. into this. You know, he, he played a really good heel. He's a guy that I, th- I think they, they made um, a good investment on. He's going to be a good heel face, as Vince put it, probably a future champion, but he's one of the few... Uh, young talents that I think they can look forward to having on their roster. Um, With Pat McAfee, it started with the entrance, man. The entrance, coming out to that song, getting the fans invested in it. They did that chant throughout the... the, the, You know, sometimes you get chants where they will hijack a match. This was chants more or less like encouraging Pat McAfee to continue to, you know, push for victory and all that type of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I, I thought this match was... Very good. I had high expectations going into it. They certainly surpassed my expectations because of the fan investment and how over Pat McAfee was because certainly did not see that coming. Um, The one thing that I didn't like is I felt like Vince got in way too much offense because I felt like that kind of killed the fact that McAfee got a win Mm -hmm. over Theory. Uh, There was that point where, you know, Austin Theory, like, pulled McAfee down and pulled him into the corner, essentially, that you know gave him that groin shot like you've seen it a million times in wrestling yeah they could have done that spot not had actually gone through with a match or had vince get a pin on on mcafee and just the both of them could have started kicking the crap out of pat mcafee and austin could have came out and protected everybody Um, right so overall i thought this was great um Got to see stone cold one more time got to see stone cold stun vince again which never gets old um, mind you, it was terrible. Um, but Austin Theory sold it great. Pat McAfee sold it great, and everybody did a good job, I think, across the board. Right. No, I, I agree. I think the only thing that I would have done differently is when he was at the point where Vince was about to punt the ball into Pat McAfee. Yeah. That's when the glass breaks and he comes out so that Pat McAfee can get the win over Vince McMahon too. So you get two wins. Now he's got. The side of Stone Cold Steve Austin, the crowd's eating it all up, but I think maybe they didn't want to give too much shine to a commentator and have him get more shine than the entire WWE roster. So maybe that's kind of why they did the 50-50 booking. And but yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe they weren't expecting that much of a reaction for Pat McAfee, and they're not gonna call an audible like, you know, mid segment. So it is what it is. And Pat McAfee, you know, if he went full-time wrestler, I I don't see why he can't have a a decent run, at least as an intercontinental U.S. champion. But, hell, there's not many people that can really go for the title right now. If he's that over, if he's that over and he can have a good match, I don't see why not. He'll draw people in outside of WWE. He very well may. I, I don't know if people would ever accept him as a legitimate threat to like Roman or Brock or anybody of that caliber, but I don't know. We'll see. But spe- speaking of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, the main event, the Unify, the World Championships, the biggest match in WrestleMania history. I said it mo- weeks ago. They're setting themselves up for 
failure, underwhelming, and I mean, you can make the argument it was underwhelming. It was only, I think, 12 minutes. It was similar to what we've seen in the past with these two. I will admit there was a nice callback that they kind of reversed the role to their match at WrestleMania 31, where uh, when Brock was suplexing Roman all over the place, Roman started laughing, and that kind of turned the match over. This time around, Roman did all the spears, and Brock started the laughing. So I thought that was a nice turnaround with that. But I think this match was supposed to go 10 minutes longer. But I don't know if it was Brock's ribs, Roman's shoulder, or a combination of the two. But it's possible one of them was legitimately hurt and shortened this match and made it underwhelming. Yeah, I I don't think it was a bad match. I think it was a a good match but the problem was there were so many other good matches that you know preceded it that they're you know they they just couldn't live up to that standard and i I don't think Mm -hmm. anybody if you had all these matches listed on a piece of paper and you asked everybody what you thought the best match was going to be very few people would have picked brock lesnar and roman reigns because by comparison those guys just traditionally they have good chemistry sometimes but then we've seen other times where it doesn't work out now last night i thought they had Good chemistry. I think the match had it moment had its moments, but you know, to your point, I think that sometimes their matches do get a little redundant. They try to do the same spots that we've seen so many times. Now, the one spot I did like was where Roman went for the spear, Brock caught him in the Kimura, and that was like a pretty believable near fall or tap out spot. So yeah, that was cool. Um, but you know, it just gets a little old with the continuous spear, continuous F5. I don't mind suplex after suplex because that's Brock's gig. That's what you've come to expect. But I don't know, like throw in a power slam, a power bomb, like, you know, your two bigger guys, like get that will get the fans at least kind of uh, guessing as to as to what the outcome is going to be instead of just spear after spear after spear and then kick out, so. Right, and I think also you got to, they did the spare through the barricade spot that we see every time with Roman and Brock Lesnar or Brock Lesnar in general. I know they did it with Bobby Lashley too. And there was the spot where they did the ref bump. Like basically they reenacted Lashley versus Brock at Royal Rumble. Ref right. bump, low blow, use the belt. And then granted it wasn't a near fall or it wasn't a, the match that was the finish, right. but Still, I think some people are going, why does Roman have to cheat all the time? Why does Roman have to cheat all the time? And granted, he's a heel, but I I think for the biggest match in WrestleMania history, you didn't want to have shenanigans. And even though it didn't come at the finish, there was still a little bit of shenanigans. But I will say this. If you're asking me if the match delivered, no from the, the point that the finish was flat, but I will say it delivered because... This was a match where they did the fans did not hijack it. The fans were invested and there wasn't anything where they booked themselves out of a corner. They knew what they were going to do at the end. They were not going to try to bring Braun Strowman in to try to cash in or Seth Rollins cashing in. Yeah. They weren't doing any or no Usos. No Usos. Like they knew what they were going to do and they stuck to it. And there wasn't any like, oh, what happens if Roman wins and the fans poo poo all over it? No, they just, Roman's going to win and this is his crowning moment. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, anybody that was kind of expecting like a technical masterpiece between these two, like they're two, they're two bigger guys. I mean, typically in the past, Brock usually works best with guys that are more agile and smaller that can kind of work around his limitations, if you want to call it that. But, you know, these are two bigger guys. You're going to get mm -hmm. hard impact moves throughout, and that's really it. So, yeah, I agree. So after both nights, would you say this actually was stupendous? Was it a stupendous yeah. WrestleMania weekend? It was, it was certainly a stupendous WrestleMania weekend because both nights delivered in different ways. Um, I felt like night one definitely was more uh, geared towards the hardcore wrestling fan base because it was just mostly pure wrestling. Night mm -hmm. two had a little bit of comedy act kind of sprinkled in um, and also had some bigger matches. And I, I honestly... All the matches that needed to deliver, delivered, in my opinion. You know, yes. Ro Roman and Brock, while it wasn't a, a, a true WrestleMania classic, it was still good. It wasn't the worst WrestleMania main event that I've ever seen. There's been bigger WrestleMania matches and main events that have been pushed and billed as, you know, uh, supposed dream matches that didn't live up to expectation. So mm -hmm. both nights I thought were great. Yeah, I will agree. I mean, I don't know if I would put it up there with 17 and 19 as best ever, but I think it's in the discussion as at the worst top 10 manias ever. I think it actually might be the best mania in the last 10 years. And granted, I understand 30 was part of that and 31 is part of that. And some people like both those WrestleManias, but I, I honestly think I be, between all the variety that we got and the matches, as you said, all delivered and you, the fans didn't hijack anything. And the the shows weren't they, the shows never felt like my God this is dragging like somebody right. like like the previous manias have done. I think the two nights is a good idea as long as they keep it within four hours. I think the celebrities as long as they keep doing it where they're getting fans that want to do it and they're willing to put in the work like Pat McAfee and and Bad Bunny and Logan Paul if they're willing to put in the work, keep doing it. I yeah. don't mind that because they are putting on better performances than some of the full timers are on a daily, on a weekly basis. Yeah, no, I, I, I honestly, I, I understand why WWE does this with the celebrities that so celebrities have always been synonymous with WrestleMania. Yes. Um, the fact that they're actually finding people who are either fans of pro wrestling or WWE um, and have an interest in actually not just participating, but being good at what they're participating in. Mm -hmm. That's encouraging. So yeah, I, I'd almost take any of those celebrities over watching a, a match with like Shane again, because right. at least it's going to be good and entertaining. Yeah, I totally agree. But at let this us, point, right. Let us know what you thought of WrestleMania 38 in the comments below. Don't forget to watch our first night review by clicking the thumbnail on the screen right now. Subscribe, hit that bell for notifications. We'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psychobabble.